Hello, my loves. Julia Renee here. Just wanted to pop on real quick to talk about our monthly giveaway. All you have to do to win is rate and review the show, and every month we're going to pick one lucky winner from the reviews to get a prize. Whether it's supplements, clothing, gift cards, or any other cool prize that I can't really think of right now. Your feedback really means a lot to us, and it's going to help us grow the podcast. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Julia Renee. And Kendall Grabaugh. And today, guys, we have... Janelle Lene here. She is a confidence coach, which you guys are going to be like, oh, of course she is. She's the CEO of the Next Level Confidence, and she is also the author of the best-selling book, Flex Your Confidence Muscle, which is perfect because this is a fitness and mindset podcast. Janelle, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You two are, we already had like a whole conversation for everyone here, like for the last 20 minutes, literally just talking about everything under the sun. I was like, we probably should have pressed record 20 minutes ago. I know. We have like another mini episode, just like in the ethernet of things. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Like I couldn't read your book faster. Um, And like we were talking about before we actually press record, the book is, it's unlike anything else that you guys will ever read. I was telling her that when you read it, you're going to feel like you're there with her and like you're her best friend and she's kind of like holding your hand and you're walking this together instead of like reading a book where it's like, I know everything and this is what you should do. And at first I was thinking this book would be perfect for girls who are young and need to learn this before, you know, they turn adults, but it's perfect for any woman at any age because all of us have that little girl hiding inside of us that has insecurities, worthiness, low self-esteem, all of those things, no matter what age it's going to hit you. Cause you'll, I'm reading it and I'm like digging up memories of like when I was a kid and I was like, Oh my God, that happened to me. But I, I'll try not to get too much into like the thing, but we'll just kind of dive in. But, um, I really want to start off with knowing what made you want to write this book in the first place? And where were you emotionally, like with your confidence level then versus the woman that you are now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, the book came out July of 2022. So as of right now, only like seven months ago. Um, and I wrote it starting in November of 2021. So I re- it really only took me like eight months from the time I started writing it to the time that it came out. So it was really fast. Yeah. I basically just, you know, and if anyone ever has any questions about writing a book, I obviously want to empower everyone to write a book. Cause I think it's just a powerful thing. Although I'll be honest, it was actually way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like I knew writing a book is hard and then it was like five times harder than that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, like adversity is good. So, um, yeah, so I, how was I, when I started the book? Well, I share in the beginning of the book, like I really didn't feel qualified yet to even start writing the book. And even though I've loved writing, like a lot of my life, like when I was a little girl, I used to write like mini books and things like that. And I would like go places and read everyone, my stories and stuff. So I've kind of always loved writing. I've always been a big journaler. Um, but I will say that like, I would always say like, okay, well, one day when I'm like more successful, then I can write my book, you know, like one day when I have like more Instagram followers or one day when I'm like, you know, making like millions of dollars every single year, like then I'm ready to write the book. Cause like, I can't write a book right now. Cause I'm like not far enough along. And you know, just like all the like imposter syndrome type things that we say to ourselves about why we're not ready yet to do something. 
And it's funny because I've been coaching women on taking action on things that scare the crap out of them for like five years. And yet it's like, it still pops up. You know what I mean? Like there are still things that like, they say like for every new level, there's a new devil. So I feel like for me, it's like, I keep reaching new levels and then I like am stretching myself more. And then I'm like, Oh, but I don't want to do that. I'm not ready for that yet. You know? And, um, so I think it's, it's amazing to just press in to the thing that you feel unqualified for. And a lot of times I think people think confidence means, um, you know, like feeling so good when you start something and being like, I got this, like, I'm amazing. And like having this perfect mindset before you get started for me, that hasn't been the case. It's been like, feel the fear and do it anyway, you know? And so for me, it's like, I don't always feel qualified when I take action on something, but that doesn't mean that that's going to stop me. It just means like, that means something. If I feel like this feeling in my gut and this like deep feeling of like, I, I should do this or I want to do this, but I keep being like, no, you're not ready yet. Then that means that's the perfect time to get started because it means that like, you got to become that person now, right? We put things on a future date. It's like, do it now before you feel ready. It's true. I always, I like to call it the, like, I'll be happy when syndrome or I'll do it. Um, and it's like, yeah, I'll start the podcast when I'm confident speaking, you know, I'll post on Instagram when I've lost the weight. Like if we're waiting for these moments to happen before we do anything. And if we're almost like hoarding our happiness for this certain moment, we are missing everything in the journey. And I only say that because I've done that so many times where I'm like, okay, I'll be happy when I get my pro card. I'll be happy when I get that show. And it's like, well, why not you just be happy now for like months on end instead of like at that date when you have the wedding or you have the baby or whatever it is, we're just missing so much. And the world is missing so much from us as well. Just like if you didn't write this book, there's so many women that wouldn't have been impacted like us, we wouldn't have. And that's one thing that people don't realize is like by you not taking action on what your intuition is telling you, Mm -hmm. it's not only hurting you, but it's doing the world a disservice because they don't get to hear your story because your story might just be the only one that they get impacted from because we all relate differently to people, you know, and I love how you put it in the book, the way that you go about confidence in general, as you say, some people think confidence means being fearless, but I don't agree with that. I believe confidence means feeling the fear and doing it anyways. Confidence means you have this unshakable trust in yourself to, to be able to figure it out along the way. And I think that's just encompasses like your entire book. Yeah. Thank you, Julia. And yeah, I think, you know, like the thing that I put in the book as well is like, for me, the big shift was like, maybe it's actually like, I, I was worried, like, what if I'm being selfish by doing this? Right. Like I think sometimes, especially as women, we're afraid of like self-promotion, you know, and that's why, like, for example, like men will apply for jobs that they're 60% qualified for, but women wait till they're hundred percent qualified. Right. And so the same thing goes for like writing a book or starting an Instagram page or whatever. We're not starting things when we're 60% qualified, we're waiting till hundred percent. That's like, if we're just doing a disservice to ourselves and we're not willing to like have any level of self-promotion, which I think again, a little bit of self-promotion is good. Obviously you want to have a deeper, like an impact that is behind that. And so ultimately, you know, you're thinking, okay, am I being so selfish? I don't want to be selfish. Well, then the question is like, well, what if you're selfish not to, what if you're selfish because you're not taking action? Cause to your point, Julia, like who's on the other end of the breakthrough. So who are you actually blocking from that breakthrough? And who knows, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your best friend. Like maybe it's someone close to you, or maybe it's a total stranger. You don't know, but you won't know unless you actually do that thing. 
It's that's so true. And you put it so great in the book because you literally say it's not about you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh crap, it's 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 not, you know. Everything that you do, I'm sure, is like, you know, you have your things that you do for yourself, but like when you're coaching women and you're writing your book, like you're thinking about the person that's on the other end and how mm. they're going to receive that. And if you're sitting there obsessing about like having your photo perfectly edited or your video has the right text on it or the words in your book are written so that people will like understand it perfectly or you, you take your personality out of it because you don't think it'll be relatable. You know, it just takes away from like who you are and how you're going to reach that person on the other end. I was going to say, like, I feel like the thing holding most people back, not just women, is wanting to be perfect and not mm. posting something or doing something or pulling the trigger on the thing you know you want to do because you don't think it's going to be up to the standards you're already presetting for yourself. Like, I already know because this is something I'm working on and your book definitely like it hits home for me because as confident as I've come, I'm still very insecure with certain things. And I know if I wrote a book right now, it would take me years to publish it out of fear of this is not perfect enough. And that's actually like we were talking about beforehand, the reason I love this book so much and I love your personality so much is because you're not trying to be perfect. You're just sharing your raw story and that's what makes it resonate with people more. Versus if you were like, I know everything, here's exactly what I did, A, B, C, now do it. Like that's, perfect. Yeah, like no one <laughs> hard to impact people if you're not being authentic it's so true yeah it's such an interesting limiting belief like we think the more perfect we are the more people will like us and then ultimately like the truth is that the more imperfect you are the more people like you and the more they'll relate to you and i said this like offline before we got started but i remember like i i grew up going to church i still go to church and i remember like i would listen to certain you know sermons and preachers that would like um, that would be really perfect up on stage. And I would always leave being like, so uninspired and be like, boring, like that sucks. Like, okay, cool, 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 cool. You have your life together. Awesome. Congratulations. Like here I am like <laughs> living a very messy life over here. And then, you know, and then if there was ever like, you know, someone who shared a really vulnerable story of like, whether that's like overcoming a drug addiction or they were in jail or abusive relationship or whatever, like different, you know, really crazy situations and they shared these things that you're like oh crap like you're actually gonna share that out loud like dang i can't believe you're saying this like i'm a little uncomfortable like i'm squirming my seat a little bit but you're like those are the people who rock your world those are the people who like change your life and so i think for you know for you listening right now you've got to ask yourself like if you're constantly trying to be perfect just realize like people won't even like that people won't be attracted to it when i will post on my on my instagram like not that I do this on a regular basis, but every so often I'll post about me like crying or something like that. I did a post recently about me crying. I probably, I would say like quarterly. It's not like super often, but here and there, I'm like, I want to show real raw human emotion here, you know? And I've, I've gone through and I've asked clients, I've asked students in my academy, I've asked all these people like, what are your favorite posts? Like, what are the posts that you, that resonate the most that I should do more of? And they always say like, well, my favorite post I've ever seen was like the one where you showed yourself crying on the bathroom floor. And like the one where you showed that you were human and like the one that you showed that you felt emotion because I felt like I wasn't alone, you know? And so you think that being perfect is going to allow people to feel connected to you. You're wrong. Like you're going to be able to feel connected to you by showing your imperfections and they're going to love you more because of it. They're going to be in inspired more because of it. And so like, I think as soon as that landed as my truth, again, because the limiting belief is like perfection will make people like me more. I realized what a lie that is. And as soon as I overcame that lie, it was easier for me to take 
massive action on the things that I want to take action on. Yeah. I love that so much. So I I'm curious because I feel like we have a similar story as far as like the perfection aspect of it and thinking like it has to be this way in order for me to get all these things that I want. Um, and I feel like maybe before you are the woman that you are now, you probably thought that I have to have this in line and this in line and this in line in order to have a book and to have my own business and to coach women. So I'm curious, like along the way, did you ever feel like you trying to be so perfect was actually limiting you from reaching the people that you wanted to initially reach? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I think I wrestled with perfectionism a little bit, but I'll actually be honest. I think that I, um, that's not being perfect actually hasn't usually been my deepest limiting belief. My deeper limiting beliefs are, have been around like nobody likes me and I'm like an outsider. And so that's what I talk a lot about in the book around like, um, feeling like I'm an outsider, feeling like I'm unlovable, feeling like, like no one cares about me or like, and that's why, like, I, you know, I talk about in the book, a lot of my really dark thoughts around, you know, wishing that I could disappear and wishing that I wasn't alive anymore. And it was more because I like wanted people to notice me and I wanted to be loved. Mm -hmm. And so I think like even today, although I've overcome those limiting beliefs um, a lot, the, the thing that probably holds me back more is like, who am I to do this? It's not even necessarily the perfection because a lot of times I actually take pretty messy action on things, which is good. But sometimes I actually have to hone in and be like, okay, Janelle, like make this excellent. You know, like sometimes I've done things a little too messy and then I have to like come like reel myself in and be like, make it excellent, Janelle. You know, so perfection. Yes. Um, I think on social media, I've struggled with that more of like trying to seem perfect, how I show up like makeup wise or something like that. But that's a little bit less hitting home for me than the like, I'm an outsider. No one really likes me. Um, people are annoyed by me. Like I found a journal entry recently of mine and I shared it on Instagram. I think it's in one of my highlights now, but I, I basically was like, literally the, my journal was like, everyone can't stand me. Everyone low key thinks I'm the most annoying person ever. Like I talk too much or every time I do talk, I sound like an idiot. Like those were more my, the things that I like really wrestled with. These limiting beliefs were like just reflecting on your childhood or even like your thoughts recently, were these coming from just within you or were you taking bits and pieces from what the people around you were maybe saying? Like, was there any bullying or was it more so internal bullying? Um, it was probably mostly internal bullying. Like I remember I did, so I was homeschooled um, from kindergarten to third grade. And then I like really want to go to public school because like, I'm a social butterfly. So I was like, I want to go to school. So I went to public school for fourth and fifth. And then I was homeschooled again for sixth grade. And then I went to public school in seventh grade. And so I think like, um, I think it's really cool that I did homeschooling actually. Like I'm, I'm really, even though I used to like always be like, oh my gosh, I was like a nerdy homeschooler. But now I'm like, it's so cool. Cause like, I feel like homeschoolers are like the OG entrepreneurs. Cause you're like, I'm not going to freaking conform to like going to a school and being there every day from eight, eight o'clock till three o'clock or whatever. Sorry. My charger's like going in and out. Um, but um, yeah, so I feel like I'm now I'm grateful I was homeschooled and I think it's cool that I like changed from homeschool to public school because 
honestly, like I feel like I'm such an adaptable person now. So it definitely taught me like how to be adaptable at a really young age. But all that goes to say, I still, I think really created the thing like I would go to like homeschooling functions of like homeschool kids. And a lot of them were pretty like nerdy and stuff. And I always was like, I like I was into Mary Kay and Ashley. So I was like, I like Mary Kay and Ashley, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I I would like dress like Mary Kay and Ashley. And I did have one homeschool friend and her and I look kind of similar. So we would try to be like, be Mary Kay and Ashley. Like we'd be like, okay, like we would wear all matching outfits and stuff like that. Um, And so I like would go to homeschooling and functions. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not like all these nerds, you know? And then I would go to, to public school stuff. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like all these girls are like so cool. And they know like all the fashion stuff. And a lot of them had like older sisters that were showing them how to like wear cute outfits and, and wear makeup. And I had like three brothers. So I didn't like have anyone to show me really like how to dress and stuff like that. Is that how you are Kendall? Yeah. So I was like, okay. Like I remember like one of my friends in fourth or fifth grade, like helped me like wear my hair and you remember those things that like went around they're not like headbands but like the athletic headband thingies that were like elasticy like they're kind of like oh, the elastic yeah. of your ponytail really hurt your brain <laughs> yes and they would be like a huge bump because you would wear them all day and when you took them out there's like a bump in your ponytail yeah i remember she put that on me and she's like girl you look like a college student i was like oh, yeah i do like in fourth grade like i look like a college student like it's so cool um so i think i just really like yearned like fit in places and i just didn't feel like i fit in that much at the public school with the public school kids that were so cool that I created in my mind and then homeschool kids. And then I'd go to church and the same thing was happening where like, I just have had like most of my life I've had like, you know, probably like, like a very big energy about me, like a big personality. Um, and I would say even like masculine energy to an extent too, even though like a lot of people when they hear me say that, they're like, no, you don't like you look at you, you're like, you look very feminine, you know, but it's, you know, it's energy. So Mm -hmm. I just haven't like ever been like a super, you know, if you think about feminine energy, it's like, a bit softer and flowier and like and I am actually working to bring more feminine energy into my life and that's like growth for me to have more of that peace and that feminine like like I think when I think feminine energy I think like calm and I think like relaxed and I think in flow when I think masculine energy I think like get shit done like let's go like come on and that's like my energy usually like and so it's you do yeah yeah so I think that also just like I think that sometimes within the church like women are a little bit like put into a box of like what they're supposed to be like from like a gender role perspective, not all churches, but that's like, was my experience. I think growing up thinking like, okay, all these girls here seem so like sweet and nice. And like, I don't know what's like expected of a girl or something like that, but I never felt like that. So I also felt like I didn't really belong with anyone there. And again, some of this was like, there's some truth to some of this stuff, but also I was creating this as my reality because I was looking for ways to find that I was an outsider instead of looking for ways to find that I have commonality with people. And so anytime we go anywhere, like whether you're going to a networking event or if you're going to, you know, a meeting or whatever, you can find ways to be like, oh, I'm similar to these people and try to find commonalities and feel like a part of the collective whole and feel that like sense of belonging or you can try to find reasons why you're not like anyone there. And for me, it was like very ego-based too, because like, it was like, I was very insecure, but at the same time, I was almost like cocky too, where I'd be like, oh, I'm like, I'm not like anyone here. And I'm like, one day that meant like, it was a good thing. And I'm like, I'm so amazing. That's why I'm not like anyone here. And then the next day it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a piece of crap because I'm not like anyone here. You know what I mean? So it was like a constant like ego shift, you know? That's something I dealt with too. And I think for myself, it was definitely over almost 
overcompensating. If I did feel insecure in the room, I definitely projected this like overly confident, like girls always called me cocky in like middle school. And I was always like, I would never describe you as that. (laughs) (laughs) I think because I was faking it so much and I was like, they don't know I hate myself. And that's why Mm. I made this like, oh, I'm too good for you attitude. It was just to protect myself, I think. Wow. And you know, something you said at the beginning, Julia, about like, um, you know, you, a lot of times when people hear I'm a confidence coach and they hear what I teach on, they'll say stuff like, oh, this would be like so perfect for like my middle school daughter or like this would be so perfect for like my high schooler. And and while I do speak for like middle schools and high schools as well, but I'm like so many women are just little girls stuck in like women's bodies. So even what you just said there, Kendall, of like faking it and like projecting yourself, I talk to women on the phone all the time for all of my coaching calls. And I know that there are women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're still experiencing that because they never actually change anything in their mind. So I'm like, okay, yes, I could go work with like younger girls as my full-time thing. And I'm sure like, you know, I have the belief now that I'll be successful in anything that I do. So I could do that and be extremely successful as well. But I'm actually passionate about helping women who think they're like maybe too far gone, or they're like the women who look like they have it all together on the outside. But on the inside, they're really wrestling and they think like, well, I shouldn't be feeling like this because, you know, I'm 30 or whatever. Like, I shouldn't be feeling the way I, I just get it together, you know, act, act cool. Like, you got this. And they just like pep talk themselves into it, but they never actually heal the root of the, of the you know, the pain. It's so true. And sometimes it's so like very deep down there that you've like almost literally convinced yourself like, nah, like it ain't there. Like our mind is so powerful and it will, it's like, I was, it's like a chameleon, like really, um, once you start working on like one thing, it'll start to like go into another area. And it's like, it's different though. Cause it's like, it looks this way. Um, oh man. I mean, like one of the biggest parts that you talk about in the book, and I love how you do it is that you talk about the, the limiting beliefs that you have. And they're very specific. And then you also go in and you'd say the actual truth. And I love what you put in the book because you said to make things even trickier, we look for ways to confirm the limiting beliefs that we've created. So we're constantly searching for ways to prove that what we believe is true. So like back to even like what Kendall was saying with the low self-esteem that she was having and same for you is like, we're out there like actively searching to confirm that we do have low self-esteem or that we are unworthy to like, I don't know, prove that we're right. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Couldn't we do the exact opposite as well? <laughs> Couldn't right. we reasons to prove that we're not that or that we can be something else? Mm, yeah, exactly. That's, that's like, the premise of everything that I teach. That's why like all of my, you know, Instagram and TikTok, I'm constantly talking about like, what are your thought patterns and how can we change your thought patterns? Cause like we actually do have a choice. You know what I mean? Like we actually can choose what we think about ourselves, which is why, like, for example, what I just said out loud a few moments ago is like, I know I'll be successful in anything that I do. That is my new belief. And I really believe that. Like, obviously there are moments where I'm like there, you know, we have failures in, in, business and in life. And so there can be moments where I'm like, is it true? And then I'm like, Janelle, you'll be successful at anything you put your hands to. Like you got this, you know? And, but for so long, I just was like, 
like, who am I? What, what do I have to offer? I'm not special. And I look for ways to confirm that. And yeah, that's called confirmation bias mm-hmm. um, in psychology. So I talk a lot about like that confirmation bias in the book. And we have something called a reticular activating system in our brain. And so what our reticular activating system is doing is it's always looking for for information. And, and basically it's like, it's, it's ultimately to protect our brain because our brain can only handle so much information, especially in the technological age that we live in. And so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people probably have heard this example, but if you just went and test drove a Tesla, then you are going to start seeing more and more and more Teslas because you're attuned to it. Like your reticular activating system has not been like turned on. So you're looking for ways to, to look for them, even though it's all subconscious, you know what I mean? So all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that neighbor had a Tesla or like, oh my gosh, there's that same Tesla that I, that there, 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 you know, and are there more Teslas today than there were yesterday? No. Um, If this was maybe like whatever, five or 10 years ago, maybe, but like today, no, there's not more in 24 hours than there was before. It's just simply that you're attuned to it. And so the same thing goes with our thought patterns. If we're constantly thinking, like thinking the same thing, then we're attuned to look for ways to confirm or deny. And mostly because we want to be right, we look for ways to confirm. So if you're like, oh, I'm not that smart you're going to look for ways that are confirming that you're not that smart. And like, and someone can even say like the smallest thing that has nothing to do with you not being smart, but because you're attuned to it, you're going to turn it in your brain and be like, Oh, they're saying I'm not smart. Even though all they said was like, you ask a lot of questions or something like that. You know, it could be like a small little comment that didn't even mean anything, but you're creating that reality. So like, kind of like you said earlier with me, a lot of the reality that I was creating I was creating, like people did love me. I had a lot of people who loved and cared about me, but I was telling myself I was unlovable. And I think that's the hardest part is like, you can be loved so much by your family, by your significant other, by your friends, and they can try to tell you how awesome you are and how capable you are and how successful you are and how beautiful you are. But if you don't say that stuff to yourself and if you don't actually see any of that for yourself, it doesn't matter how often someone else tells you, like you've got to see it for yourself. Yes, I love that so much. And like one little example that I use for that, it's like, I used to be the type of friend that if a friend put on an outfit and I thought she looked amazing in it and I was like, you look amazing, you have to wear that. And I've done this with Kendall as well and she's probably done it with me where we're like, you look amazing, what do you mean? And then now I kind of switch it to like, it's like, well, if she doesn't feel amazing in it and if I don't feel amazing in it, I can't, we can't force that to happen. They have to truly believe that they look amazing in that outfit in order for them to like go out and be confident wearing that outfit. It's like a silly little like. Yeah, no, that's a great example. Like how do you, like the question should be like uh, for us as friends, if a friend's like, what do you like, do you like this? It could be, well, how do you feel? How does it make you feel wearing it? You know, and turn it back on them because we all have the answers inside of us, you know? Yes, that's so true. So you talk a lot, like kind of circling back to the limiting beliefs. And I have a feeling that this is going to be super beneficial to people that are listening to it. But some people, me included, don't really know what their limiting beliefs are. Actually, we do know. I think we all kind of really know what they are. It's hard to admit to It's yourself. maybe hard to admit is the better wording. So how would you start diving into those yourself, figuring them out for one and starting to alter a different perspective. Mm, That's good. Um, Well, I do have a free resource on this, which we can link below. It's a confidence workbook. And so it does walk you through like a a limiting belief exercise. Um, I, I think the best way is honestly to hear other people's limiting beliefs and start to think like which ones resonate with you and which ones don't. So, I mean, I've obviously shared a lot of things already and you all have shared a lot of things already. So it's like, 
you've probably heard a few during this podcast. And I think the the biggest thing is that we do know them, but they're sitting more in our subconscious mind because we never actually face them. And so you're hearing these um, subliminal messages of your own mind, right? Your own thought patterns. And they're so minute and they're so quick. And when you're not used to, you know, paying attention to your thought patterns, it's almost like, I guess, going to like working out. Cause I used to be a personal trainer as well. So it's like when you're first learning how to like activate a muscle, like let's say you're learning how to activate your glutes, you don't actually really know how to activate your glutes properly. So you're like doing different things. You're trying to like, you know, like tap like your gluteus medius or something. And you're like, okay, turn on, turn on, turn on. You know, you're like, do the tap, 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 tap. And you're like trying to like create that mind muscle connection. So that the, the, the actual muscle that you want to engage actually properly engages. So the same thing goes for like your thoughts. You might not know how to engage your thoughts properly where you're like, attuned to what's happening. So you might have like a split millisecond where the thought pops into your mind, but because you're so good at pushing it away, it's gone in an instant because you haven't learned how to hear your thoughts and be like, what was that? Huh? Let's sit with that thought for a second. Like, why did I just think what I just thought? What did that mean? Why did I speak that over myself? Why did I, why did I like, as I was passing that mirror, why did the quick thought, like, you know, you look fat, like, why did that thought just pop through my head? Like, why did I speak to myself like that? You know, so it takes actually slowing down. It takes a lot of intentionality to start to hear your thoughts. And those thoughts are going to point you to your limiting beliefs. And so um, my big thing is like about slowing down because we use um, acceptable ways of numbing to avoid our thoughts. And so that's why we spend so much time on social media and scrolling. And that's why we throw ourselves into work. It's a coping mechanism often to avoid the things that we actually need to be thinking about. And so that's why journaling is such a big part of everything that I teach. And I have a whole academy called Confident Life Academy that has lessons and modules. And at the end of each one, there's a journaling because it's like, you need to sit with your own thoughts. I can try to tell you things you know, Julia, Kendall, like we can all try to tell you things, but like, we don't know you personally. And even your friends who know you personally, they still don't know you the way that you actually could know yourself if you sat with yourself and sat with your thoughts more. And I think about journaling is like, it's kind of like the gym. A lot of times you maybe don't even feel like going, but you sit down and you start like, like, if you don't know what to journal about, a lot of people are like, well, what do I journal about? First of all, like I said, I have that free workbook. So that's a great place to start. Um, And my book has journaling prompts at the end of each chapter. So that's the next great place to start. Um, But if you don't have any of those resources and you just have a blank piece of paper, I would just start with like how your day is and see what happens and be like, here's what happened today. And just start to like document what's going on. So you can start to put your thoughts onto paper. And I think that's the most powerful way to start to become aware of your limiting beliefs is start to become aware of the thoughts by putting them on paper. Because when we put them on paper, they become real. And then you start to become aware of like, okay, today I got angry because of this, or today I felt frustrated because of this. Like start to write down some of your emotions. Um, one thing my husband and I will sometimes do is like, there's an emotions wheel. If you just Google like emotions wheel, like a bunch of them pop up. But if you're like, what am I feeling? Like sometimes it's hard to put your finger on what you're feeling, but I'll look at the emotions wheel and I, we can, we'll choose like two or three emotions from the wheel and be like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. And it puts words to how you're feeling. And I think, again, we just like to just be so busy that we don't worry about that stuff. Or if we do, maybe we go to a therapist, you know, once a week or once a month or something. And we're like, okay, yeah, therapy is like the only time for me to like really sit with my emotions. But it's like, what if you were to do this daily? Like, what if you were to be sitting down and even just five or 10 minutes a day, starting to put your thoughts on a paper? Like I think when I went, when I was in therapy a while back, um, which I love therapy as well. Um, 
I asked like, what's the next best thing to therapy? And she said, journaling. And I remember being like, okay, cool. Like that's free. I can do that. Like anyone can do journaling, you know? And so like journaling is the next best thing to therapy to start understanding your thoughts. And I think like, yes, hearing other people's limiting beliefs should bring things up for you. But ultimately if you were to sit down and be like, what's like, what's happening in my life, I think things would start to come up, you know, like after listening to this podcast, for example, if you actually were to spend 10 minutes journaling, like grab the free workbook and do the journaling, you're going to have thoughts start to pop up. But the problem is what so often we do is we become personal development. Oh, I see a dog. I love you. If you guys are listening just on audio vision, just made, he is very loving. He just broke free from his barrier upstairs and came down here. So I'm sorry, this was, that was so good. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I would just encourage everyone listening. Like, don't just listen to this podcast and then like move to the next thing in your life. Like, even if I know you might be driving right now or you might be on a walk or whatever you might be doing, but like, if you just listen to this podcast and then you don't spend time with yourself after, and you're just constantly like, you're like the personal development junkie. that's like, podcast, 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 like Instagram reels, TikTok, like, and you're just, and you might be following all the best people and you might be listening to amazing podcasts like this one, but if you're not sitting with your own thoughts, then you're never going to actually get to know yourself because you're still only taking everyone else's thoughts and putting them into your own. Like, how is that getting to know yourself? You know? Is so true. That's something I did for a long time. And I was literally the type of person, if I was watching a show and had to go to the bathroom, I would pause it, put on a podcast while I walked to the bathroom, like I oh wow, I could not sit in silence because I think I was so afraid of and neglecting of my thoughts that I didn't want to face them. And then, mm. um, <laughs> as soon as I came to terms with like, okay, you need to stop running from this and you need to start journaling and getting to know yourself and trying therapy and doing whatever it is that helped me at that time. Um, that's when my whole perspective and confidence fully flipped. And it like, but it's hard to get to that point. And it's hard to admit it to yourself. Like we were saying about like what your downfalls even are. Like a lot of us try to just like numb it out or ignore it. Or for me, suppress it with like constant sound, like literal sound. I could not just sit there in my own thoughts. It's crazy now, like looking back on that, like even being two years ago, I'm like, holy shit. Like I, like now I love just like driving in silence and like having conversations with myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's beautiful. Guys, that's so good. So it's like number one to try it. I'm very like list oriented. I'm like, (laughs) what are we going to do? What are the action steps? So start being the thinker of your thoughts. And I know that this is so like, it sounds so simple, but I remember when I wasn't the thinker of my thoughts. I wasn't analyzing anything that was coming in. I wasn't analyzing anything that was that I was making up. It was just going. It was literally like a movie that was just running in my head. And once you start actually taking that moment to pause, like you said, because we're so busy, 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 we're numbing here, we're distracting there, that we don't stop to be the thinker of our thoughts. Like, oh, I just had a thought of like, you look terrible. I just, like you said, I I just passed the mirror and like, I just had a thought that went terrible and I just batted it off, like pausing and really just thinking about the thought that you just had and what that means. And is this a limiting belief? Where did this come from? Was this caught? Was this taught? Like that's so huge 
So like number one, this is just like also for yeah, me. Yeah, number one. Number one for me, this is like what I'm going to be doing later is like being the thinker of your thoughts and then two, just like journaling and writing it down because you're so right. Like once you journal, it'll be kind of annoying because you'll probably be there and be like, why am I doing this? I'll literally journal sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to be here. This is stupid. And then eventually <laughs> something comes out. And if that's what you end up writing in your journal, then who cares? I've been journaling since I was, oh my God, like probably third, like at earliest I can remember was like third, fourth grade. Like as soon as I could write and just like you, I would make little books and I'd make cartoons and I was like the character in it. And I've always been creative in that way. So I have journals going back to that far that I have kept and they're ridiculous, but you can really see your growth through it. And it is so important. So I love that you add that aspect, not only to your coaching, but like the the little, um, uh, what was it called? You had the little, uh, oh my God. I'm th- like the free workbook. Is that what you mean? That you have as well. And it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Look, it's like, Hey, yo, close this pause and write about this. It's so right. great because it gives you like, okay, information, information now action. What are we going to do? What do we learn from this chapter and how are we going to grow and get better? I love it. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say is like, if anyone is like listening, they're like, I really, really, really don't want to journal. Maybe your first step could be like doing a like audio thing on your phone. Like sometimes that could be my version of journaling potentially. Like let's say you're driving and you're having different thoughts. Then you start to like say your thoughts out loud. Right. Again, it's, it's really about like moving things from like this back of your brain, subconscious mind, things you don't pay attention to and you start to verbalize them. So verbalizing them on paper or verbalizing them out loud into like, kind of, I liked what you said, Kendall, about like learning how to like drive in silence or drive and like talk to yourself about like how you're doing and what's going on in your life and stuff. So maybe you just turn on the little like notepad, like voice memo thing on your phone. You did? Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So I do that a lot of times when I drive too. If I'm having different thoughts, I just like put it all in the voice memo and say it out loud because then it just makes it more real. And then the next thing after that, so we'll call those both two, right? Either journaling or voice memoing. Then three, the other part is like when you hear that thought, when you're passing in front of the mirror or like one I've, once I've heard other clients say before is like, let's say you're in the kitchen and you like drop something and you're like, oh, I'm so clumsy, right? It's even just like little moments like that where you're like, okay, why did I just call myself clumsy? Like what is the sometimes like self-deprecating humor that you're using that's actually not cute and it's actually not lifting you up? Like what are those things you're speaking over yourself? So um, in that moment, what I want you to do is say cancel. Right after you hear the negative thought, cancel. And then, yeah, you're like blocking that. You're like, hell no, I'm not like letting that into my brain. I'm not speaking that over myself. I only let, I only speak to myself the way I would speak to a best friend. I only speak to myself the way that I would speak to Janelle, Julia, or Kendall. Like, I'm not going to speak to myself like this anymore, making the decision to change that. And so you say cancel. And then, um, you know, I think this takes practice, but the step four would be saying something kind over yourself. And you won't always know maybe exactly what to say. Like for the clumsy example, you might be like, everyone drops food on the floor. This is super normal. Like it's not a big deal. You're amazing. You know, it might be like a moment like that. Or if you walk in front of the mirror and you hear the, I, I look terrible, you know, cancel. And then you're like, I don't like, and you don't want to like lie to yourself necessarily because then your brain will reject that too. So you don't necessarily want to be like, I look drop dead gorgeous and perfect exactly right now, you know, and like that might feel true, but it might be like so little as being like, okay, yeah, like you're in your PJs and you're like 
are kind of just rocking the chill vibes. Like you're not, you're not ugly or hideous. Like you're beautiful. You're beautiful with or without makeup, you know, and, and just having a more like gentle attitude towards yourself. And yeah, sometimes it won't feel, maybe it won't feel real at first, you know, like I think there is an element of fake it till you become it. You know, with affirmations, I do try to think of ways to like help people create an affirmation that their brain doesn't want to reject. Um, so like one client I was working with, she like one of her affirmations was like, I crush my goals. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was, and she was kind of talking about how like, like hustle culture. And so a lot of her like affirmations were kind of like confirming hustle culture. But then she shared with me, like her biggest fear is that like, she's like, I just, I don't really like hustling. Like, I don't really like like that feeling of like anxiety of just like, and I was like, yeah, I hate hustle. And I'm like, so against the word hustle because I'm like, yes, do you need to put time and energy and effort into building something? Yes. And I like one of my, um, my mantras that I say every day is I'm peacefully productive. And so I believe in being productive, but I choose peace while I'm productive because for so many years I didn't. And for so many years I would work with this like scarcity mindset that was like, get it all done, get it done as fast as possible. <laughs> and then I got like a back injury and three bulging discs. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. On this podcast, I was like, okay, we gotta get this, and then we got this. And I do you remember book. what I did? I went Julia, like, calmed down. She did. I was like, and she was gonna be okay here the whole time, just like, bruh. And I'm like, I was wait, her the camera, around. and I need the book, and I need my highlighters out. And then I was like, <laughs> I need Kendall. I think sometimes I like I love how you worded it because it is kind of forced at first, and it might feel like such a conscious effort, but. Eventually, I always use the word like auto correcting my own thoughts. It's like eventually, it comes mm. nature. like I'm on my period right now. I don't feel the best. And I was at the, I didn't even, that's the issue. I didn't, or issue. I didn't go to the gym yesterday. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, my initial thought was like, I feel bad. I feel like I've gained weight. Like it was all in negative. one day. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> right. Right. I auto corrected. I went, okay, this is normal. You know, this happens every month let's go tomorrow. Like, yeah. let's, let's just like, give yourself a chill, nice day. Be very nice to yourself mm. tomorrow. You'll feel better. And then I woke up today feeling better. It's just about yeah. getting through that day or whatever adversity you're facing in that moment. It's almost like yeah. neutrality of like what you're feeling. And I love that you say that because there is, um, I feel like right now, and I, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are, but like, we're kind of moving into an era of almost like toxic positivity where it's like you do look in the mirror and you're on your period and you know you're bloated. You're not and- going to go, I look sexy as fuck. I'm- <laughs> I am. I have the red devil coming out. My belly. Like sometimes it's just like not realistic. And I love what you put in your book. It's like sometimes like it's, it's just it isn't true. But that doesn't mean you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, I look like a period monster and I'm terrible. Like, the way that you said it was perfect. It was so neutral. It was like, this is where I am at this moment in time. I'm not always going to be here. And that is okay. And I love that. I use that so much. Just like that. The, the middle. You don't have to be like, I'm terrible and the worst. And I'm the greatest thing that has ever graced this planet. Which yeah, exactly. And it's being like... I might not look my best, but I'm still lovable, you know, and being like, my looks don't aren't actually attached to my value. And therefore, like, I'm not going to give this mirror that much freaking power over me to determine how valuable or lovable I am 
based on how I look. Like I don't have to look a certain way to be valuable or to be lovable. And, and the thought I want to close that I like started to say a second ago, but then I forgot to finish it was that like with that client who is like, I, I'm going to crush my goals. I'm going to do this. So she was had these affirmations that she's saying every day, which is like, I have all of my clients have affirmations, but that affirmation didn't resonate with her. So she was saying it, but as she was saying it, she like hated saying it. Right. Cause that's not what she wanted. And so that's where we found new verbiage for like, her fear is that she's not going to get stuff done. Right. So she, that's why she created the affirmation. I crush my goals because she is currently not working on her goals. Right. So she was trying to combat the goal situation, but she, I guess, yeah, to, to our point, like overcorrected and was using verbiage that didn't actually land with her. So that's where we put, like, I, I think she changed it to something like I'm peacefully productive and I effortlessly achieve my most important goals every single day or something along those lines, right? That has more of that, like the vibe that she wants to have to it instead of thinking like she has to like crush it and like force herself to be someone so different than who she is. You know what I mean? Like that would be a good one for a personality type like mine. Like that's that's a trigger for me that's like, let's go. Like that's my personality is very like, we're gonna destroy everything, but like in (laughs) in a nice way. And I love that you do that with your clients. It's like, it's obviously it's very tailored because everyone is so different. Like the way that you respond to just even people like telling that you, that you did a good job. Like I have to really realize this with my partner and I am the person, like, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do 10 things more. That's how (laughs) I thrive versus my partner he doesn't respond to that at all. He needs the like, you can do it, babe. That's and that's I mean. so hard for me because I am constantly working on that. I'm really, I'm constantly working on trying to tap into that feminine side, which we talked about before, because I have swung the pendulum so far on the masculine side. And now I'm trying to like, you know, swing a little bit and eventually I'm going to land with a little bit of a balance of both, but I love that you do that. It's like everyone is so different and they need a different affirmation for their actual personality. And that's so yeah. like a normal coach. Yeah. Like, that's good. We'll do that. Check. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to just check with yourself. Like the things you're speaking over yourself, you've got to like feel like they should feel in alignment with you, even if they might feel uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Like it still might feel uncomfortable. However, you're, because if you're choosing a new thought pattern, right. And you've chosen an old thought pattern so many times that this new thought pattern might feel uncomfortable, but it should feel authentic to you while you say it. Like it should feel good. Like a friend would say it to you and you would receive that from a friend as opposed to like something that just feels nothing like you. And the other thing I'll say about the masculine feminine energy thing is that like, while, okay. So for example, like Julie and I are both talking about how we're like naturally masculine energy and we're learning how to find some feminine energy. I believe that it's like a both and on this because I'm not going to ever like change myself so much so that I'm like a totally different person because I'm like, I need to be feminine because that's what society says a woman should be or something like that. Um, I'm personally doing it just because I actually want more like peace and relaxation in my life. So I, that's why I'm choosing it. But I also am very proud of how I was created. And I believe our creator makes us so unique and so incredible. So it's like, I don't think that women who are more feminine should like try to become super masculine or that if someone who's more masculine should try to become really feminine. Like it's really all like confidence comes down to like being really comfortable with exactly how you were created, like the strengths that you were given, you know, even your lesser strengths, like 
even like when I was dating, I'm, I'm married now, but like when I was dating, I would be like, okay, so here's what I'm great at. I'm great at this, 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 this. And I'd be like, here's what I'm not great at. Not very patient. Um, I am not like a super nice and sweetie, sweetie person. Like I'm, I'm just like really bold in your face. I'm not great at being like the quiet person that sits there like quietly, just like watching everything. Like I like to be in the center of the action, like, you know? And so like, I just let them know here is who I am. And then also like in here is who I'm not. And I'm like proud of both, even though like you can, I can grow in my patience. I can grow in, you know, like certain areas and that's good. But like, I would rather focus on my strengths and be like really proud of the strengths that I was given instead of trying to become someone that I'm not. Yeah. Like it's not watering down who you are because you were made perfectly you and people are going to relate to that so much. I mean, like I really relate to that so much. And, um, the one thing too, that, I mean, I really wanted to talk about, we kind of touched on it earlier was Kendall was talking about it a lot with like how we're using things to numb. And I know in the book you talk a lot about like how you used to just kind of like numb yourself. It was like, you didn't really feel much of anything. And I know personally, like that space can actually be almost more terrifying because you're not like overly emotional and like crying about something and you're not like super happy. You just feel nothing. Like you feel super empty. Like someone could like walk through you and they wouldn't even know that you were there. It's almost like you're just this little ghost. And that was the mm -hmm. point where before we were got, getting on this podcast where I was like, I listened to her podcast for the second time this morning just to like refresh. And I told my partner, I said, I listened to this already. And I, 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 I must've glazed over this. And I always know what he's going to say before he says it. He goes, why do you think you glazed over it? And I was like, I know why, because it was <laughs> speaking to me. That's why my brain was like, nah, fam, we're not going to listen to that. So I really want to talk about that because like, I'm not going to lie. This is just going to, this is personally just, just to help me. It's not even, one -on -one this session. is just for me, like one-on-one -on -one coaching session, <laughs> but let's um, do it. <laughs> yes. Like, I know that there is a lot of women out there that are hyper masculine and are almost kind of shamed for it. You know, like you're too loud, you're too much, you know, you talk too much. You should just sit in the corner and be quiet. It's like the don't put baby in the corner type of thing. And mm -hmm. I want to kind of hear about like your transformation from feeling numb and feeling like you had to hide that vulnerability and how you got to where you are now. Cause I know that that's hard. Yeah. Wow. Well, I love this question. I'm, I'm trying to think like where, I mean, I think where it starts is, um, being honest with yourself, you know, like, like you said, like you glazed over that one piece. So I guess maybe for a little moment of coaching, what was like, what was the part that you glazed over that like really hit home for you? I think I glazed over the part where it was talking about how when you're asking about other people or like when people ask about you, you turn it around on them or you like to like my way of showing love is acts of service and gift giving because that's what I like to receive. But I realized that like, that's not how other people want to be loved. Like they don't want to be loved the way that I want to be loved. So I feel like I glazed over it that first time because I was like, nah, like it's really like, it's not that bad. What I do is what I do is good. You know, it's a good thing. So when I listened to it again, I was like, I feel called out, <laughs> but like in the best <laughs> way, it, it brought it to the forefront of my mind. So now that I can be way more aware of when this starts to happen, where I'm in personal relationships with people and I am, 
trying to kind of switch it over to them because one of the biggest things in my friend group that I have with my partner is all of that all of them has said is that like they feel like I know them, but they don't know who I am. And I've known them for years. They've said the same thing to me. Too. They've all said that to me. And I'm like, wait, what do you I'm like, what do you mean? It's that's okay. But I know that they're completely right. Hmm. Yeah, and for anyone listening for context of the podcast, she's talking about the conversation was like how we sometimes use asking a lot of questions as a defense mechanism to not um to not like open up about ourselves. So you're hanging out with a friend or you're hanging out with a colleague or whatever. And you're like, you know, how is this? Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Okay. And tell me about this. And then you're like, you're kind of like following up each question so quickly. So that way they never have the chance to be like, well, what about you? And then you don't have to be vulnerable and open up. Um, and I, I know you both shared in the beginning that you're both introverted. And I think that sometimes like the other challenge is people think that like, you, everyone has to be extroverted in order to be, you know, confident or whatever. And that's just not true. Like you can be introverted and be confident you can be extroverted and you can be not confident and be very insecure, you know? And so there's a lot of different ways. Um, but ultimately it is about like being seen and like having that vulnerability. And I think, yeah, for me, like I, I resisted vulnerability for so long. And so I think what started to change is like, I think I had just done it by myself for so many years and I tried to ignore like how I was feeling. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And honestly, a lot of times what would happen is like it would manifest in my body in different ways, like me trying to like shove down my emotions. Um, this is like kind of a crazy story. I don't think I've ever shared this on a podcast and it might be a little TMI, but we're going there. Um, so yes. So I had a boyfriend that I dated for like six years and at the four year mark, I believe it was, I, I was going to break up with him and we were doing long distance. This was in college. And, um, I remember that like, I tried to end things with him once and then I like had like a panic attack while I was doing it because we had been together for so many years and I like didn't know if I was making the right choice or not. So then we ended up like getting back together, like staying together. And then I was like, and then, I mean, this is gosh, this is me really going there. I was actually like talking to another guy, but we weren't like cheating, but like I was talking to another guy. So it's still, I mean, that's emotional cheating. Exactly. So super not proud of, of that at all. Um, but I was talking to this other guy who I liked and then that's why I was like, I really need to break up with my boyfriend cause I shouldn't be talking to some other guy and we're doing long distance, you know, so he's in another state and I'm talking to this guy who lives in, you know, in like goes to school with me here in college. I was in Colorado. Um, so all this goes to say, I do end up breaking up with him. Um, and at that same time, I started to get this like crazy period um, and it was like, I was going through super tampons literally within five minutes. It wow. was like the blood was just flowing. And I w- remember like I was wearing these little like yellow shorts to class mm-hmm. and I remember I just like put in my tampon and drove to, to class, which was five minutes away and got out of my car and started walking. So it'd been about probably seven to eight minutes since I had put my super tampon in. And I remember being like, well, I kind of feel that feeling where it feels like it's like bleeding through your pants but I was like no no no, it can't be I just put that in and then I like got to class and I was about to go into the classroom and I was like I should just pop in the bathroom really quick and check and I like turn around and the little yellow shorts have like blood all over them and I'm like oh gosh so then of course I go home and then I'm like sitting on the toilet and it's literally just like drop 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 just so gross but yeah so I'm like like, right what's happening and um and so I remember going to the doctor. I think my mom made me go to the doctor. I'm like the person who always avoids going to the doctor. Um, and she was like, okay, it's time to go to the doctor. And I'm like, no. And she's like, I'll come with you. And she like, you know, 
came with me. And so we go to the doctor and I remember the doctor being like, wow, this is so crazy. This is happening. Do you have anything stressful happening in your life right now? And I'm like, no, good. Like life is good. And I, I really didn't think I was lying. Like in that moment, I didn't feel like I was like, I'm going through a breakup with a four-year boyfriend, you know? Um, but I was, and my mom goes, well, she is going through a pretty big breakup right now. And I'm like, mom, shh. You know, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. And then, yeah. And then I remember like leaving there and I remember the doctor being like, oh, well, that's probably what it is. Like, you're probably like having a really hard time and your body's probably like learning, how, like not sure what to do with it. And so what I've learned time and time again is that my body will manifest different stresses that I store that I am not willing to acknowledge and then oh, to, and then I got back with that boyfriend like three months after that for a whole two more years. And then we really did break up. And then I met the man of my dreams, my husband now. So yeah, um, just to close that one up a yeah. little bit. So yeah, really proud of myself. Great guy, but not my person. So really proud of myself. And I talk a lot about that in my book too, like the, the um, willingness to walk away from something that's like, and I've been actually messaged numerous times now by women who have walked away from like, even like fiancés and people they're like about to marry that they're like, I read your book and I realized like this is is not my person. And I was just settling in this relationship and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Um, so anyway, what I, I think like for anyone listening, if you're like, you know, you've been avoiding your emotions maybe, or you, you know, and, and again, it's hard to admit that to yourself. Cause like, I wouldn't have said in that moment that I was avoiding anything. I'm like, I'm good. But if you're constantly like, I'm good. And if you can't really remember like the last time that you cried ever, or if you can't remember the last time you really like felt a lot of things, you might be numbing, you know, like there might be a sense of numbing that's happening. And so I think it's just like being honest with yourself of, of like the first step. It's like the first step is acknowledging the problem or whatever. Like, what is it in AA? Like <laughs> admitting to yourself that you are an alcoholic, you know, it's like the first step for you is like admitting that you are actually numbing that and that's all fine. <laughs> yeah, that you're not fine. My husband always says fine. It stands for feelings initially not expressed. No, I like, have that in my notes because I, it's, I literally put, I feel called out what, this is what fine stands for. <laughs> I just, I love that, that story so much because I, I definitely relate to it because I was with a partner before I am with the partner that I am now, not for that long, but it was literally like my parents approved him like to be married. I was like, okay, thank you, mom, dad. Cool. But I, there was nothing wrong. And I, I related to you so much in the book because you were like, it was almost like you were searching for a reason to break up with him. You're like, cheat on me, be bad, do something wrong so that I can, so I don't have to be open and vulnerable about that. I'm, I'm just not feeling it anymore. We're not connecting like that. So like, yeah, I, I understand that that's a really hard thing to do because you're so comfortable there, even though it's not, you're not your happiest, you're not your best self. You're comfortable. There's nothing that's totally wrong. That's causing you to just like dip out. You know, he didn't like cheat on you. You know, he didn't try to like steal your cat. I don't know, but there's nothing so wrong that you need to leave so that it causes people to stay even longer. And to me, I feel like that's an even harder position to be in when there is nothing wrong and you're just not feeling it because then you try to like force stuff to happen. And some people end up marrying that person and then they're like, oh crap, what did I do? So I'm so proud of you for doing that. That's huge. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> I was also going to say thank you for like sharing that because I know you said it's something you've never gone like that in depth yeah. on. Um, and like hearing that 
in any state, like my mom, not to get like super off topic, my mom is mid fifties, almost 60. <laughs> I won't explain Mom, how old age. are you? I know how old she is. She's actually like 35. Yeah. She's 12. Mom, you're 35, right? <laughs> she, she just now got a divorce like in the last year and she just now started choosing herself. And like your point of saying like anything you say doesn't just have to resonate with like the young girl in her first relationship, like we wow. carry these lessons on for like our entire lives. And sometimes it takes hearing it from someone like this podcast, like your book, like your like worksheets, just anything to, I guess, admit it to yourself so that you can take action on it. And I feel like that's still so hard for some people to do. I'm very much of the type of person where if I get comfortable, like there's no way I'm leaving a situation. Like I was in a very, very toxic relationship for three years and I would have never walked away if he didn't and when he did he literally said that he was like I'm doing this because I know you want to and you won't and I was like thank you because mm -hmm. I'm not happy here but I was so afraid to leave like it's it's hard to realize you can have a life outside of your partner your family your circumstance in general it's just so hard to admit to yourself so thank you for sharing your story for real for real yeah of course and one thing I want to say really quick Kendall like you know, you said like, I'm not like the kind of person who would like walk away from that kind of situation. And maybe that was who you were at that time, not right? Anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now you're not like that. Now you're like, you stand in your confidence. I will say for anyone listening, like we do need to be really careful of sentences where we say like, I'm not the kind of person who, because sometimes we attach that stuff to our identity and we like say like, well, like, let's say someone is in the previous you, right? Where they're like, I'm not the kind of person who like, you know, really will end things or whatever. Well, who who created that in your mind? You did. You know, you weren't born being like, oh, I can't do this, you know, like, and so I, I always like, I, I, one thing I'm really big on is being really aware of those sentences where we're like, well, I've never been like this, or I've always been like this, or I'm not the kind of person who, because we're attaching something to our identity, you know, unless it's a positive, right? And you're like, I'm, I'm the kind of person who, you know, I'm successful in everything I do or whatever. And, and you want to speak kind things over yourself but when you're speaking things over yourself that are actually negative and and you're disguising it in like I'm not the kind of person who or I've always been like this you've got to at least challenge that and I even challenge that in like little moments like I've always I've always been the kind of person who doesn't like running and so then I'm like okay do I actually not like running or am I just creating that as my reality or like mm you know, morning person or night person, like, what am I creating as my reality that might not even be who I really am, but I'm just have told myself it so long. And sometimes you'll test it. And then you'll find out that it's still true. Like I tested my whole, like, I'm like, actually, maybe I love running. And then I tried like running a bunch of times. And I was like, no, like, I'm really trying. And I would like say affirmations while I'd run. I'd be like, I like, oh, I'm, I love running. This is incredible. Like, oh, this is so awesome. Like I'm such a runner, you know, and I just hated it every time. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, maybe I'm really just not a runner. You know what I mean? And so it's okay if you end up coming back to the conclusion that something isn't for you or isn't like you, but you got to at least challenge it before you just like assume something as your identity, you know? Very true. That is something I, I mean, I'm still very much so working on, but at that time was my whole identity. I kept making almost negative excuses for myself where I think that's what forced me into that comfortability is I wasn't allowing myself to have that other option. I was like, well, this is this the is house the I made. Option. I live in it now. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that, that took me a long time to face. And like you even pointing it out now. Yeah. I still definitely verb a lot of my words wrong. And I, you mentioned it earlier too. It's like what you focus on magnifies and I have shifted to those being positives, but it is still like a conscious effort. And I think 
No. For most people, it continues to be a conscious effort of correcting it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think everything. Yeah, the work never stops. Like it, you, like you this. level up. I feel like you like level up. You overcome some limiting beliefs, and then there's new ones to level up, and then you level up again. And you know, it's it's so fun cool. though. Like I think it's fun. Like I think you can look at it in a way of like this is so daunting, or this is a lot, or something like that. Like again, we get to choose our thoughts, yeah. or we can be like, this is cool. Like how amazing is the human psychology? How amazing and how powerful is our brain? Because our beliefs lead to our thoughts, our thoughts lead to our actions and our actions lead to your results. So like, if you don't have the result you're looking for in any area of your life, be that success, a relationship, finances, health, like everything, there's a belief that's stopping you. So you've got to start digging into your brain. That's actually thinking about like when, when we're talking about sitting down and journaling, if there's something that you want that you do not have yet, which I would think almost every human being listening, because I'm pretty sure all three of us could say that there's things that we want that we don't yet have, then we get to say, what is the thought pattern? What is the limiting belief that is blocking me from creating that as my reality? And so we all have thoughts to overcome no matter where we're at in our life. Oh, definitely. And that like brings me to like one of my favorite parts that you ended the book with is you really go into like talking about chasing these dreams and these things that you really want to do with your life and like your passion and finding your purpose. And like you talk about also how you help the people that are the women that you work with uncover their own. And I feel like you really got down to the root of the problem too. And you put it so beautifully. You said that I, once you start like digging into what your client is going through and you're along the terms of like their dreams, you said you start digging deeper and you find out that they do actually know their dreams and they're discounting them to be too big or crazy and they, or they don't understand how to make it happen. And that often they'll pick something similar or safer. That's less exciting. Oh man, this, this, this like really hits home. Like you start thinking back to all the times where you like did this to yourself and like, you're like, wow, if I really just you know, stayed with that person. Like I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. You know, if I, if I would have believed that I wasn't ready to write a book because I didn't have this many followers or I didn't have this much money, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. I wouldn't have like sold this many books, like all of these things. Like if you have limited your goals and your dreams and your aspirations in that moment, you wouldn't be the woman that you are right now. And I love that you go in and talk about that. But what I wanted to really ask is, why do you think that women so oftenly disqualify themselves before the thought and the dream even comes out of their mouth? <laughs> mm, I know. I'm like, ugh. I don't, I mean, I, I think, I think part of it's the human condition, condition, right? Like, I think we, we just tell ourselves we're unqualified and we tell ourselves we're not ready yet. And it makes sense. Cause it's like, it's new to us too. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's also like having understanding for like why I felt intimidated to write the book or why, you know, for you two, maybe like intimidated to start the podcast or start the brand, your brands or whatever. Like there's reasons why we feel intimidated because it's, it's new, it's new ground. You know what I mean? So, you know, first of all, don't beat yourself up for like feeling that intimidation or that imposter syndrome or not feeling ready. Like there's nothing wrong with you. It makes sense. You don't feel ready. You've never done it before. Just like I don't know, a, a baby who hasn't walked yet. Like they don't know how to walk and they're like learning how to walk. Like, so you, the thing, I, I guess what I always remind myself of is like, it gets easier as you, you do it more and more and more. And you just have to remind yourself of that. But yeah, like back to your question, why do women do this? I think a lot of it comes down to negative self-talk. That's why like my entire, like everything that I do comes down to self-talk and our thoughts and beliefs, because I'm like, it's just what we tell ourselves. We create a story and our story says, well, you could never do that. 
or you're not like her or like, well, she's more special than you or she's smarter than you or she has something that you don't have, you know? And um, I love like one of my favorite influencers, Rebel Nutrition, um, Amy, she always talks about how she's like, if you feel jealousy towards someone, then that means it's actually meant for you. And I feel like that's a really great way of saying it. Cause I'm like, if you see someone that has something you want, a lot of times it's easy to feel that jealousy. But then again, we disqualify ourselves and we're like, well, and then we're like, make her out to be the villain or her. Like, we're like, oh, well, she, yeah. like sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes we just think, oh, well, she's so awesome. I'm so not, you know, there's different ways that that manifests, but either way, it's like, I think we just think that other people are more special than we are and that they have like things that we don't have for some reason. I don't know why we, I think we all do that. We just think like we see someone on Instagram that's crushing it. And we just think like, she must be so special or like so smart or like, so this, and, I, and I'm not, you know? And I think it's just like humanizing, like we're not any more special. Like I'm not any, any more special than, I mean, we're all special. So I'm not trying to like put us down, but you know, having that like thought is like, just cause we're, we have a, have a podcast and we're on pod, a podcast right now because we both have brands like that doesn't make us any more special than anyone else we're just like human beings and we just were willing to like take the risk you know and so I think we just need to humanize like influencers and humanize and that's why I show like the crying that's why I show things because I'm like I don't want you to look at me and just think like I don't know back to the perfect thing like I don't want you to think that we're so different that you couldn't do something like I'm doing like you can like exactly. I, here's your permission slip like get started I mean, that's like the whole basis of my brand from the very beginning. Like once I, I started, I quit working at a salon in 2019 and started my own business in 2020 and it is what it is now. And obviously started a business in 2020. What was I thinking? I know. I'm like, congrats. Amazing. It all just, it all just happened, but I, I don't even remember the point that I was making. What did she say before that? It was, I don't know. It was something like that. This happens to me often. They just like fall out. Um, like there's nothing special or like yes. we're all similar. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I used to, start, you know, you see all the people that were doing the thing that you want to do and you start to think that, you know, like, what am I missing? Like, is there something that I'm missing? Like I'm waiting for it to fall into my lap. Like, where is it? They must have found it. And there's some secret that I don't know about. There's some secret like success club that I'm not a part of or something. <laughs> And I think like only recently I started to realize that um, when I would look at other people like on Instagram that had something that I wanted, maybe it was a house, maybe it was um, they, I'm a professional bodybuilder. So like, I'll look at the girls that are on the Olympia stage, which is like the Olympics of bodybuilding. So I'll look at all these things and be like, you know, I'll start doing that thought process past me would have like, oh, poor you, like, let's sit in the victim of that. But like me now, I literally am like, what the fuck? No. But when I started doing that, I would say very recently, and I was thinking like that, like, oh, I'll never have a house like that. You know, I'll never be on the Olympia stage like that, whatever it was. And then the craziest thought popped into my mind. And I was like, by me feeling negatively that he or she or Shim or whatever, they have that thing. I am disqualifying myself from actually having it. I am, I am telling myself that I can't also have that thing. And I was like, that's dumb. I can also have that thing. And I think that thought like, like it scared the pants out of me. And it really started to like shift my mindset, like really quick after that. I was like, just because they have that doesn't mean that I can't also have that. 
it's scary to realize how powerful we are. I think it's scary to realize that you can get the things you want. You just have to show up and work for it. Yeah. <gasps> that was what I was going to say earlier. It was the power thing. That's why that's my whole brand. Our like our whole brand is know your power and it's a very like simple phrase, but like the meaning behind it is like I went all women Everybody around the world. It doesn't matter. We mainly brand to women, but like I want every single person that listens to this, watches any any form of content, and I know that you feel the same way, to know that they are just as powerful to do any of the things that they want to do. Right now, there's so many people in this world that do not know their power. They don't know that they have the power to shift a relationship, you know, leave a job, start their own business, whatever it might be, do a podcast they don't believe that they have the power to do that. And we're all like us three, we're the most regular degular women on this planet, but we realized our power that we could go and do these things. And that's all I want for people listening to this is to know that they do have that. Wow. So beautiful. <laughs> Let's go. Mic drop. I'm like, I'm, I'm ams. Yeah. And I, I think that like, I think we just get so used to like the status quo, you know, and like doing things a certain way. And I feel like it's like, well, if you date someone for four or six years or whatever, like you should get married to them or like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think like all the things that, you know, it's like, well, I've lived here my whole life. And my mom's lived here, you know, I'm here, my parents and my, my grandparents, like we've always lived in the city. So why would I move, you know, and like moving is really scary. And so kind of like, it's like their pattern interrupts and like being able to disrupt the pattern that like maybe your family's been been in or like a pattern that you've been in. I think we just keep thinking like, well, this is the way it's always been done. So this is the way I've got to keep doing it, you know? And I think that to your point with the power, you start to realize like you really do have a choice. So to stop telling yourself you don't have a choice, stop telling yourself you have to stay with that person. Stop telling yourself you can't have that brand. Stop telling yourself like, you, ha you do have a choice. You could get started. You could walk away. You could move. You could, you know, mm -hmm. you're choosing not to, but you could do something different. And then I think that's where the power comes from is realizing that you actually have a choice yeah. instead of telling yourself, I don't have a choice. This is the way that it is. Yeah. That has been like a really big word for me just this past couple of weeks. Cause like I run a, um, binge eating support group with girls. And like, um, one thing that I feel like is, is, is difficult with people that struggle with like an addiction of all these things is they, they don't think that they have choice. They don't, they, this is a disease and this is something that they have that has been placed upon them. And it always has to be this way. And you're always feeling like you're different or you're broken or you need to be fixed or saved. And realistically, like we're all perfectly fine though. You know, we're not broken. We were never, yeah. we're always, we are always whole. It is just whether we believe that we are or not. And you have the choice to decide how you respond to everything. And you have the choice to leave, like you said, like choice. You do have choice. And once you realize that, it's like, oh, shit. I don't have to do that. I don't have to say that. I don't have to be there. That's so cool. It's so empowering. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I'll say on all this is that, like, for me, one thing I've really been focusing on lately is, like, really becoming the person that I see myself being five years down the road. And I remember like with my relationship stuff, like when I was dating that six year boyfriend, I often would think about like the type of guy that I wanted to be with. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. okay, I wanted to be like this and this and this and this. And then I remember the day where I realized like that guy that I dream of, he wouldn't be attracted to me. 
Like I'm not living my best life. I'm not living a life that would like allow that man that I'm dreaming of to come pursue me um, and vice versa. Obviously, like I, I believe pursuing can go both ways and should go both ways. Um, so for me, like before even leaving that six year boyfriend or even before, let's say, like, like moving to a new city or whatever changes you want to make, like what would you what would the person that was like single and amazing be doing? Right. Wow um, or again, or even taken. Cause like, like for me, it's like, you could leave, I could leave that six year boyfriend, but if I just keep staying the exact same way I am, I'm going to attract the same guy again and again and again with new faces because I haven't become a new person and I haven't done the work. And the same goes, if you want to see your finances change, like you've got to start acting the way that a wealthy person would act. If you want to start to see that wealth changing in your bank account and same with your health and fitness. Like if you want to, you know, whether it's lose the weight or gain the muscle or, um, yeah, do your first competition or something like that. It's like, become that person before that even happens. Like, how would that person think? How would that person act? Like, how would they feel when they woke up every day? Like, what, what do they feel as they wake up and start to emulate those feelings and make the changes inside of yourself before you get the thing? Um, because otherwise, like you could get the thing and then you'll just move to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, because you're never going to feel that fulfillment or that happiness. And so I would just say, like, work on how you want to feel and change those feelings. I love that so much. Literally, I have a little note that's right there that says, what would Miss Olympia do? And it's on my pin board. And that's because I, oh. I, I feel like, OK, what would she do? How would she act? What would she say? You know, what would she wear? How would she present herself? You know, I think about those things every day and you're right. People can implement that into all aspects of their life. Like you with your, um, when you were searching for, uh, somebody that was more aligned with you, it's like, what, what would this version of me be like? What would she say? What would she be doing? What would she not be doing? And you're so right. Like then I know it wasn't like, right away but you met your husband and i'm i'm sure that you guys are way more aligned with that because of that work that you did on yourself and i think that's so incredible yeah it's all about who you're becoming on that journey for sure well thank you so much chanel the last question that we have for you that we ask all of our podcast guests is when was the moment that you knew how powerful you really were Wow. Good one. Um, I didn't prepare an answer for it. Which I probably, probably should have, you know, having this be your last question on the podcast. When did I know I was the most powerful? I think for me, it's, it's a daily renewing of the mind. Like for me, it's a daily, like when I feel the most powerful is when I'm doing my morning routine and I'm like sitting on my couch with my candles lit and I'm like, I have worship music on and I'm journaling out things I'm grateful for. And I'm like visualizing, you know, my future, like all these different things. Like that's when I feel really powerful because I'm just spending time with myself and I'm spending time with God and I'm spending time, like hearing the thoughts in my head and like visualizing the vision of my life. And like, for me, that's where the power really, the power comes out. And I think it's a daily dose of power. Cause I, if I don't have that daily dose of power, um, then I think I, I start to dwindle. So that's why I love morning routine. And that's why, you know, I teach in my Confident Life Academy. It's like uh, an entire lesson on your morning routine because I just think it's like a daily, a daily dose of power. Oh yeah, I love that so much. What a good answer. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for 
being open and for being vulnerable and for just for coming on here and sharing your story. I know that it's not easy, but I know that the work that you are doing is impacting so many people. And I'm so excited to see what you do because I just know that this is just the beginning for you. And I'm excited to watch your journey and see where it goes and to see more books come out. Yes. <laughs> I need another book. <laughs> I know Emily Hayden said on our podcast, she was like, so when's the sequel coming out? Like when's the relationship one? And I was like, She's like, you left us on such a cliffhanger. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I left you on a cliffhanger. Like, I didn't mean to. <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Well, thank you both of you for having me. It's been so fun. I love how real you both are and how vulnerable and authentic you are. And I can see why your show is so successful and why everyone loves you all so much. I saw, like, all the reviews that everyone leaves. Like, you two are just so... You're like the perfect balance of really inspiring and also really authentic and like keeping it 100. So I just want to honor you both. And I'm just really proud of you too. Thank you for saying yes. You know, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. That means a lot to us. We, we love our peoples and everybody listening. We all love you. Um, where can people find you? Let us know all the things. We'll also link everything that she says down below as well, but like, where can people find more about you? Yeah. So, um, Instagram and TikTok are my jam, uh, at Janelle Lene. And yeah, you can get that free workbook we talked about, that confidence workbook. Um, I have a masterclass coming out here soon. So if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to find that masterclass there. That's coming out in mid March. Um, and then yeah, my book on Amazon, you can buy it, you know, you can do Kindle, which by the way, I don't know if like, I didn't know this in the beginning, but if you are a Kindle person, but you don't have a Kindle, but you'd like to read from like your phone or your computer, I have you, a Kindle. Kindle. you have a Kindle? <laughs> no, she's my Kindle. <laughs> oh, Kindle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> good one. Good one. <laughs> no, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, you can download the app on your phone or your computer cool. if if you don't have a can. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I have. my brain switched from Kindle to Kindle. That was like the ongoing joke in our family. Oh. Oh, that sucks. It's like people named Alexa, you know, and then oh, Alexa's God. came to the like. My husband's sister has that name and we like have to change it to echo whenever she comes over so that we can like use her name. It's hilarious. Oh my God. Anyway, I digress. I digress. So you can get my book, paperback, hardcover, Kindle, Kindle copy. Um, and then my academy is Confident Life Academy. So if you're like really wanting to dive in, um, that's also available. You can find that on my website or on my link tree. I don't even use link tree. So I don't know why I said that, but Stan Store. I saw you have Stan Store too, I do. Julia. I love I love Stan store. I love Stan with me. It's so awesome. So anyway, in my Stan store, you can, you can, um, check out Confident Life Academy as well. And yeah, that's basically it. Just would love to, you know, I love when I get like DMS after a podcast that like this stuck with me or this really helps me. And then it helps me know like what to keep talking about or what to press in more on so I can help more people. So, um, yeah, I'm just really thankful for everyone who took, I mean, it's probably over well over an hour at this point. So thank you for taking all this time and like investing in yourself in this way. And like I said in the beginning, like I really challenge you to actually do the journaling from here or spend some time in reflection and in silence. Don't just go to the next podcast. Really spend some time with yourself because you are the most valuable person you can spend time with. Great advice. Great advice. Take some little notes after this pod. Well, thank you so much again, Janelle. And as always, guys, we love you all so much and you are more powerful than you think. Bye. Thank you.
Yay. Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, feel free to email us at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye. Bye.